Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the pastor here. And today we're wrapping up our series called My Story. And in this series, we've been looking at the decisions that we make today uh, determine the story that we tell uh, tomorrow. And life is really made up of key decisions. And these key decisions really kind of lay out this story that's being told from our life through our actions and our attitudes and our goals and all the steps that we take. The theme verse for this series that we've been looking at is Hebrews 12, 2, and it says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The idea of that passage or that verse is so crucial because what it's saying is when you fix your eyes on Jesus, your story can change. In fact, you can begin a brand new story because you now have a different goal, a different objective, and a different person who's leading your life. You still make your choices. You still are waking up every day determining what you do, but you have somebody that's leading you forward. And so in this series, we've been looking at how can we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And if you've never decided to follow Christ, I hope this series has given you like a little taste of, okay, these are the decisions that that I need to make to begin my journey with him. If you are a Christian and you're a follower of Christ, I hope this has given you a sense of here's some, some intersections and some pivot points that I may need to make. And so we've been focusing on these major decisions and I just want to summarize them here. The first thing is starting. That's the key that we started at week one of the series. I decided to start. What are the things that I needed to do in my life to start really getting on the same page and walking uh, with Jesus. Uh, The second week we looked at stopping. What are the things in my life that I need to stop doing? Maybe some harmful habits or actions that are preventing really the story that God wants to tell through my life being told. Then last week we looked at this idea of, of staying. When things are overwhelming, when things get tough, how can I stay and bear under the pressure so that God can grow faith in me as I choose to be faithful? And so today we're wrapping up with the last decision, and that is going. And it's really interesting. Last week, the idea of staying is when things get tough, it's easy to bail. This week, going is actually when we're in our comfort, when we're in our security, there's oftentimes where it's easier to stay when God may be calling us forward to live a new life of faith, maybe make some decisions that will kind of cause us to have to trust him in ways that that we never have. And so here's kind of the the tagline for, for today. Sometimes the best decision you can make is to go when it would be easier to stay. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had different times in my life where there was a lot of things preventing me from moving forward. Maybe it was just comfort convenience, security, things that I've known, and it's very easy to stay within our own comfort zone of life. But for God to continue to grow us and to be the author of our new story, you find that there's many times where you have to push back past that comfort zone. You have to push past sometimes what you've always known to really experience the adventure that God has. And so today is this idea of like, how do we step out in faith in new ways? How do we go and really join God on an adventure in ways that our story can tell like never before. 
Now, we've had that, that old lady wisdom every week of this series giving us that intro. And today, uh, she said something that I thought was really interesting. She says, unfortunately, some people leave portions of their story unwritten, unwilling to take the risks that come. So I want to just start, as we're talking about going and stepping outside of our comfort zone, I want to talk a little bit about risks. Are you somebody who you would consider yourself like you're willing to take risks? You, you kind of like to get on the edge of maybe what's comfortable. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm a risk taker when it comes to food. I don't know if you are, but how many of you would, would eat this? Here's a picture of some sushi. Would you eat that? Some of you are like, yep, I'm all over that. Others are like, oh, I don't know. And that's just a little too risky for you. How many of you, if you heard that there was a restaurant that was serving the best food, obviously right now we can just do pickup, but what if there was this restaurant that was serving the best food and people are raving about it and you go to pick up the food and in the window is this letter grade, C, would you continue with your order and take that food? Well, the question is, it depends on how much risk you're willing to take. Now, beyond food, there's, there's risks that you may have encountered before in your life just related to work. Like, would you be willing to leave your job to start a new business? You can see a picture here of all that may be contained in that decision. And so when you look at things in life, uh, there's many risks that we face, some that we think about, some that we don't. Today, though, the risks I'm talking about and going, I want to just kind of keep it to the specific things of following God and being part of his kingdom. Like I mentioned earlier, it really is an adventure to follow Jesus. There is something that he does when he gets a hold of your life and he's your new author and you now have this new book and this new story that he wants to tell. There's now this adventure that, that you've never known that you can embark on. But this adventure takes many twists and turns. It's not all easy. In fact, there's many hard things like we talked about last week. But what happens is when Jesus becomes your new author, he now invites you to be a part of building his kingdom here and now on this earth, helping people change their lives. You yourself every day choosing to be transformed by the power of God himself. And so when we talk about going, it really is how can we be a part of this great adventure following the Lord Jesus on this earth? And so I want to illustrate this by talking about a story uh, that Jesus had with his disciples. And this story is helpful because it highlights the way that, that Jesus leads us. And you may ask, well, well, how does that work? How does he lead us? Well, Jesus always leads his followers to go forward in faith. When you listen to Jesus' teaching, when you listen to how he coached his disciples, when you listen to how he talked to people once he healed them, as he helped people, he was always encouraging people to go forward in faith to change in faith, to tell people in faith, to make decisions in faith, to follow him in faith. It always, he was calling people forward. Now there's this story in Matthew chapter 14 that's really interesting. You see, his ministry had been building and his disciples had been following him and witnessing all the many things that he had done. He was teaching things that, in ways that they hadn't heard. He had authority like they hadn't seen. And he was healing people and he was helping. And in Matthew 14, I don't know if you've heard this story before, but it's pretty well known. It's the, the feeding of the 5,000 where there's just a limited amount of food. The crowds have gathered. It's getting late in the day. They're hungry. And the disciples say to, to Jesus, hey, send the people away so they can go get their food. We can get our food. And Jesus says, you know, let's, let's feed them. And they have just 
very little loaves and fish. And he prays this blessing and this miracle happens and he's able to feed thousands of people with just this limited food. And notice the story, how it picks up in Matthew 14, 23. It says, after he had dismissed them, talking about the crowds, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. Again, he's withdrawn from the disciples. Verse 24, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And so Jesus' followers have seen him do so many amazing things. But right now they're in this boat. He's not with them. And the wind and the waves are beginning to just cause all sorts of problems for them in this boat. And it's quite a distance away. So it was on the shore and it's just been drifting and drifting and drifting. And now it's just this boat in the middle of this lake by themselves. So you can imagine there'd be kind of quite a lot of fear that you'd be facing. And I'm sure many of the disciples were talking amongst themselves saying, hey, where's, where's Jesus? We've seen him do some miraculous things. We need him to come help us right here. We're in the middle of this storm. We don't know what to do. So it's really interesting. You can imagine just the anxiety, the different things that they were trying to figure out. Like, where is he? Where is he? And then notice what happens. Matthew 14, 25. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now in that first or that, that one verse, there, there's very interesting things. The first, first thing is it's talking about the fourth watch of the night. Uh, we don't really talk about watches of night, but in the biblical times, uh, that signified kind of a specific period of time. The first watch of the night was like from 6 to 9, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. The second watch of the night was from 9 p.m. to about midnight. Third watch from about midnight to 3 a.m. And then the fourth watch of the night was 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And so as he dismissed the crowds and the disciples had gone to the boat, that was probably in the evening time. And so they had been battling this storm by themselves in the boat for hours. And so Jesus had been praying for this this whole time, just seeking, just, just this kind of communion with God, praying to him. And all this storm is happening and the disciples are by themselves. So the fourth night of the watch, Jesus decides to follow them and go meet them and see what happens. He actually is walking on the lake. Now that in itself is something that you can just read and it's like, okay, yeah, he's walking on the lake. But if you stop to think like Jesus is walking on the lake and you've never seen that before. No one has ever done that before. The disciples are in the boat and you can imagine what are they thinking as they see him approaching? Well, in verse 26, we find out. It says, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So the whole time they're just wondering, where is Jesus? We need his help. Where is Jesus? We need his help. He comes, but because he's walking on water and it's in the middle of the storm, you could imagine that it's a ghost. They are just freaking out. And then notice what Jesus says, Matthew 14, 27. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. So I love just what Jesus says in that moment. First, it says he immediately spoke to them. What are they filled with? They're filled with fear. They're filled with you know, anxiety for hours and hours. We've been battling the storm. We're by ourselves. And Jesus immediately speaks to them. The reason that's so important is that's actually what he does today for us. We have storms that we face in our life, things that are really difficult. 
Right now, we're kind of all battling the storm of just this pandemic and coronavirus and when will this be over and when will life get back to as we know it? We don't know what that even means anymore. It's kind of a storm we're all facing. And then each of us, you may have some things in your own life that you're just battling. It just feels like the wind is upon you, the waves are crashing, everything is unsettled. You just feel like you're just rocking in this storm. It may not be now, but you've experienced it in the past and you, you will in the future. And we need Jesus to do what he does all the time. And that is to speak to us, just like he did to the disciples, just like he wants to do for us. And what he does is he speaks to us from his word. And so in the middle of the life storms and when things are unsettled, God wants to give us courage and give us perspective from his word. And he does that by actually reading the scriptures. Like when we read the scriptures, he speaks to us. And so I want to encourage you, the disciples, they needed help. And the help that they got immediately was the words from Jesus, his perspective. And I know for us as a church, we've been just seeking the Lord and asking for his help in the middle of this. And, and kind of our theme verse uh, for the church right now that we talked about weeks ago, and we've been just thinking about is Isaiah 41.10. It says, fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, courage is actually not the lack of fear. Uh, we all have fear. But courage is in the middle of the fear, deciding to take steps forward. And so Isaiah 41.10 is just the same echo of Jesus immediately speaking. He's saying, take courage. I I'm here. And God says the same to us today. No matter what we're facing, no matter the things that we're just trying to figure out what to do, we may feel stuck. We may feel like it's hard to get outside of our security, our comfort zone. What Jesus is saying to the disciples and he's saying to us is take courage. What God has been saying is, is like, I am, I'm here. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I'm not going to let you fall and be crushed. And so when things get difficult, God continues to speak to us, just like Jesus spoke to the disciples. And so it's really interesting. The story unfolds. He immediately gives them co you know, comfort. Take courage. Don't, don't be afraid. And then in verse uh, 28, one of his disciples, Peter, decides to ask a question. And notice what he says. It says, Lord, if it's you, again, you still may be a ghost, but if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. So that's Jesus saying, come. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. I love this story, part of because Peter just has the courage to even ask like, if that's you, Jesus, can I come? Can I come see you? Can I try to do what you're, it's like the sense of, I've seen you walking on water. You're there right now. I want to come and experience what you're experiencing. I want to be close to you. And I don't know what the other disciples were doing, but I could imagine them looking at each other like, oh man, I wish we would have asked. Why didn't we ask? And Jesus just says, yes, come. And he's keeping his eyes on Jesus and he's walking on water. Very interesting. Again, fixing his eyes. They were facing the storm. They were facing the unknown. They've been doing it for hours. And he decides, let me fix my eyes on you, Jesus, and I'm going to come and I'm going to go to where you are. But notice what happens in verse 30 to 33. It says, but when he saw the wind, Peter, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid 
and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. Very fascinating what happened. Peter had the courage to ask, Jesus, if that's you, I want to come where you are. And he did. And he kept his eye on Jesus and he's walking on water. But then Peter got distracted. And he began to notice, wow, this wind really is hard. You know, these waves really are big. And he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at his environment. He began to look at the circumstances around him. Like this storm is real. Wow, I was in the boat and I thought it was bad then, but it's really bad here. And he begins to take his eyes off of Jesus and look around him and he begins to sink. But I also love as Jesus immediately spoke to the disciples to take courage, it is I, he immediately reaches out his hand. Notice the response. When we step out in faith, Jesus is immediately there to help us to give us guidance through God's word, the scriptures. God's given us that to help us. But also when we need it, when we're in these dire straits, like we just don't know what to do, there's help as we call onto God. As we look to him to help, the help is there. And so Peter gets rescued and all the disciples, you can imagine just a bunch of men, just, whoa, that was amazing. The wind had died down. It had been like that for hours. Peter stepped out, went crazy, began to sink. And he's rescued Peter. The weather stopped. And they look around like, wow, he is the son of God. And I just love all that's packed in to that story. But you know what strikes me? Is the question that Jesus asked Peter. And he asked them, why did you doubt? And what he's saying is, you've seen all that I've done. I've been with you. You've seen not just what I've taught, but what I've done. You've seen lives transformed. In fact, you just saw the multiplication of food to feed thousands. And Jesus is saying, why why did you doubt all the things that you've seen? Why did you doubt that I wouldn't come through for you, that I wouldn't help you as you step out that you're not going to be okay. And I just, I I love the honesty there because as I look at my own life, there's so many times where God has come through for me, but I'm always on the edge of doubting that he's going to do that again. Have you found that for yourself? You just, you can see God's hand, like he's helped me, he's provided. And even if you're still investigating what it means to follow Christ, you can look at your life and say, you know what? I have things good. Like my life is actually okay. But you always wonder when it's all going to fall apart. I think that's just in our nature. We can just tend to be doubtful people because of fear, because of insecurity, because of our past, because of all sorts of things. But Jesus in that question, why did you doubt? What he's actually saying is, I am your God. I will help you. Don't fear. Don't give in to anxiety. I am here and I will walk you through this storm. And so for me, Peter took that first step. Jesus, if it's you, I want to follow you. And he walked on water. And then he took his eyes off. And in that moment, things began to unravel. Now for me, I kind of equate that to like our own security, our own comfort zones. 
And so as we talk about going and stepping out in faith to really do what God has called us to do, to be a part of this adventure that we can embark on with him, to do that, to actually go in faith, means that we have to look at the things that prevent us from going. The things that comfort and convenience that kind of keep us confined to what we've always known. So some of the comfort zones that we face are just what people think of us. Sometimes it's very difficult for us to go where God wants to lead us because we're so concerned with what others think. Another comfort zone is just our own plan. Sometimes it's difficult for us to go on this new path to follow the Lord Jesus if that path wasn't included in our original map. And so that comfort zone is just one of, like, it wasn't my plan, it wasn't what I was thinking. We can get so caught in what we've always known that it actually prevents us from experiencing something new. But God wants to tell that story through us. Another comfort is just the easy way, and we've talked about that, that comfort and convenience, the comfort zone of just, I'm comfortable here in my life and doing what I've always done. But again, to tell a new story and to embark on a new adventure, sometimes it's easier to stay, but God is calling us to go so we can experience faith in new ways. Another comfort zone is is culture. What culture says is normal. Well, if I do this, that's not normal. Well, God, through the Lord Jesus, he's not actually called us to live a normal life. He's called us to live a transformed life, trusting him. And again, to be a part of changing lives here and now on this earth. Another comfort zone is maybe what culture says it's cool. It's not just normal, but if I do that, I wouldn't even be considered normal or cool or somebody that people can relate to. And we we can just get caught in that. If I do this, that's going to be kind of crazy. I'm going to be one of those people. And just like Peter, through those comfort zones, we begin to take our eyes off of the author, off of Jesus, and we begin to look around at what others think or our circumstances. And in life, we begin to sink. Our story begins to kind of unravel because we're focused on comfort, not on what God wants us to do, not on the adventure that he's called us on. So last week we talked about staying. How can we be faithful? This week it's how can we have the faith to go? There's times we need to stay. We can't bail when things get hard, but there's times we need to leave the confines of our comfort zones to actually go in faith to see God come through in new ways. Well, here's the good news. And this is something that's really been encouraging to me. You actually don't have to have the faith to finish. You don't have to have the faith to finish. You just have to have the faith to get started. Oftentimes when we think of our life and maybe some things that God's calling us to do. And right now I hope that God begins to speak to you And you get a sense like, here is some things that I need to go towards. Here's some some kind of new goals that God wants me to look at in my life. And I I hope he begins to kind of speak to you into your heart. And as you read the scriptures, you get the sense of what he's calling you to do. Just the ways that you can go forth on this adventure. But as he's doing that, as he speaks to us, which he does, there's often times when we think, well, I I can't do that. And we think to the end. Back to the story, we, we, we want like the ending chapter and we're like, I don't know how the ending chapter is going to work out, but we don't need to worry about the end. In fact, that's God's role. And so the question is, what step of faith uh, do you need to take? What step of faith do you need to decide? Like, this is where I need to go when it would be easier to stay. Uh, for me, one of the major shifts I made 
was as I was wrapping up college. As many of you know, I, I wanted to be a pastor kind of at an early age. I sent God calling me to do that at the age of 16. And it wasn't what I thought. And it wasn't what I wanted in the beginning. Kind of had my own goals. But God got a hold of my life and said, Alex, you know, wherever you go, whatever you do, I want you to serve me. And I began just my life of trying to hand over the major pieces of my life and say, God, you know, wherever you lead, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll go. And there's been so many different times when that's been tested, where I had to decide, am I going to keep my eyes on Jesus or am I going to focus on all that I could have if I decided to do life my own way? And God's been gracious. I haven't always gotten it right. One of the major shifts I had to make was my senior year deciding where I'm going to build my life. Many times in culture right now, you build your life on your job. You move to find a job or you you move to go get your education. You're building your life around education. You're building your life around work. And then you kind of fit all the pieces around there. Well, I began to look at godly men in my life, men that really have made a difference, men that have gone forth in faith and have been a part of this adventure that I'm talking about. And for each one of those men, what I began to see is that they decided to actually build their life around church, build their life around the community of faith, and then find a job that could allow them to do that, and then pursue degrees in education that would allow them to do that. And so the center of their life began this, the church and the community and the kingdom of God, and then the other pieces, they aligned with that. I began to look at that, and I was planning on going to grad school and, and leaving uh, the church that we were a part of, this church that had loved us and trained us. And I thought, well, it's time for us to go. And my going was not for the kingdom. My going was really for my own ambition. So I began to realize like, what if instead of going for my own ambition, I decided to go and really build my life around the kingdom of God, specifically in the local church. And as I did that, the things of my life have been connected to that decision again and again, because I decided to build my life around the local church. This was church in the valley back in 2001. When I decided to do that, I actually learned what it meant to to follow God. I had people around me that helped me learn what it means to be a husband and a father. I began to learn really what it means to lead in the church, to be a pastor. And because of that decision to build my life around the kingdom of God and the local church, my life has been forever different. That was a shift. That was a place where I had to go, where I was going to have to keep my eyes on Jesus because it wasn't the norm. Everyone moved to go to grad school after college, to go to seminary. Everyone moved to find the work wherever it was. And what I found God saying is, you know what? What if you go and build your life around the kingdom of the local church and the kingdom of God can come forth as you build into this local community? And again, as I've done that, my life has been radically changed. And along the way, I've had other decisions where I've had to go. Being a part of Church in the Valley, I was on staff uh, in the early years and we decided to plant a new campus in San Gabriel Valley. And it was time again for our family to go to be a part of building this community in another area. And so we sold our house in Ontario and we moved there and we began like, how can we be a part of growing the kingdom of God in a new area? And then after a few years, we felt it was time again to go and plant a church. We'd always been kind of this this thing that we'd sensed God calling us to do. And so in 2018, we moved from the San Gabriel Valley. We had a team total of eight adults that decided like we want to go and we want to help 
start a church in North Fontana. And these people sold their homes, some had to shift their jobs, and they moved out in this area to start. Now, not because of this seemed like a great idea. Oftentimes, it's easy just to stay because that's what we know. So there was so much unknown, and it wasn't because of just the, these concepts that we had, but we wanted to be a part of transforming the lives of people through the kingdom of God, through the local church. And so in all these times, the decision to go to me and the greatest decision that you can make is to how can you go to make a difference for the kingdom? How can you go to be a part of this adventure that, want, that God's calling you to? So I want to encourage you. What step of faith do you need to take? Where do you need to go right now? Uh, for some of you, I want to go back to where we started the series. For some of you, your step to go is actually like the step Peter took himself, where you need to actually decide to get out of the boat of your own life and leading it yourself and decide, you know what, I'm going to go towards Jesus and I'm going to let him begin to tell a new story in my life. For some of you, that means that you've never decided to follow Jesus as the boss of your life. Like when you look at who's calling the shots of your life, you're calling them and it may be time you need to go get out of the boat and decide, you know what, I'm going to let Jesus tell a new story. He's going to be my author. And so if you've never decided to follow Jesus and he's not your savior and he's not your Lord, he's not kind of the center of your life, you can decide to go and enter that relationship today. So that's the beginning. We talk about starting. It's the same with going. You have to just get out of the boat of your own comfort again, of your own life and decide, you know what? I'm going to surrender. And so for some of you, that, that may be the decision that you can make today. And so you can mark that on your connection card. Like, I want to commit my life to Christ. Uh, for others of you, you may need to go and really think through, how can I take initiative to love those around me? So maybe just going public in your faith. Again, God is calling you on this adventure to be a part of changing lives, bringing light to the darkness. And so you may need to be, go public with your faith. Share with people the difference that Jesus has made in your life. We're a new church, and what's been so fun so far is seeing all the people that God has called to help us build this church, to launch it out. What that is, is we need so many people willing to go and do what Jesus has asked them to do. So for some of you, part of your going is, you know what? I need to share about Jesus. I need to share about Ridgeview. I need to go public with my faith. And right now, the barrier is the lowest it's ever been to let people know about our church, to invite people to watch our service online. And so you may need to go. You may need to push past that, that fear or that anxiety of going public with your faith, of identifying with Jesus. And you may need to decide, you know, I need to identify with him. I need to share with somebody the difference that he's made. Is that for you? That, that could be someone that God is calling you to help and you'd never know. So you just need to listen to his, his voice, his Holy Spirit telling you that. Uh, for others, part of your going, maybe there's some conflict that you're experiencing with somebody and God is calling you to go to take the first step of initiative to clear that conflict up. One of our values here at Ridgeview Church is to clear up relationships with others. And that means that we are people that go towards conflict. We don't run away from it. And so if there's someone in your life that there's just some, some conflict, things are messed up, God's calling you to go and to make it right. If you notice something's wrong, if you notice that there's a problem, God's calling you to go and to make 
that mess right, to clean that up. So that could be uh, for you. For some of you too, you may be just in this time trying to experience, well, my life is just upside down, my plans, everything because of this reality we're all facing, just staying at home and sheltering and social distancing. I don't know about you, but every day I wake up, I'm like, I'm so over this. It's, it's old, it's taxing. But again, part of it is for us is, is we need to just go. We need to face this like hard time and we need to make the most of it. And so for some of you, if you've not really been involved in Ridgeview Church so far, you can decide to go and, and get involved. And I think the best way that you can get involved is to become a part of an online life group. These are groups that meet during Zoom, or they, they meet on Zoom, and they share about what's going on in their life. They talk about next steps related to the message that we talk about here on Sundays. And they connect, and they, they have just what we can do for community. It's not ideal. Of course, we'd rather be together. But through this life group, you can see people. You can catch up. And so for some, it's just, I need to go. I need to push past maybe just that, that barrier that I have from connecting, from moving forward. And you decide, like, I need to go and I need to sign up for a life group. And so you can, you can decide to do that today. And so maybe you need to decide to follow Christ, get out of the boat and follow him. Maybe you need to go and go public with your faith. Maybe you need to go and, and get involved in Ridgeview, plug in to a life group. I don't know what it is for you. It could be something completely different, something I haven't even mentioned, but God may be speaking to you. Where is it that you need to go? Imagine what our church would look like if it was filled with people that are willing to say, God, wherever you lead, I will go. I've signed. I'm handing it to you. You can fill out the orders. I'm agreeing to it. What would that look like? I believe that's where we begin to see Life's changed. Hope go forth. Light move forward. And that's what our community needs. It needs people who are willing to do whatever God has called them to do to make a difference in the world. And when you do that, you become a part of the greatest adventure. In my life, as I look back, it's always through going and pushing past my comfort zone where I've really seen God come through. And Jesus always leads us forward in faith. So as I wrap up, I just want you to think through, what is it? that God's calling you to go towards and take that step to do it. Next week, we're going to be launching a new series and I wanted to invite you to check that out as well. We're going to be starting it called Bless This Home. Now, for all of us, we're home way more probably than normal. But in this series, we're going to actually look at how do we become a part of a home that's really blessed. And we're going to be looking at the Beatitudes of Jesus' teaching where he says, blessed if you do this and blessed if you, you do that. And we're actually going to apply that to home life and to family life. And how do we actually be a part of a blessed home? What are the things that we need to do? How do we need to think? How do we need to, to treat each other? And so I encourage you, come back next week. We're going to be launching that on Mother's Day. Bless this home. Invite somebody in your life that can watch with you. You can send them the link so they can see it. And we'd love for you to join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. Let me pray right now. Father, thank you for the example of Jesus that he continued to look to you for help and we can as well. Thank you that he immediately gave the truth needed in the moment. He immediately provided the help. And so God, I know that as we face things that maybe are calling us to break out of our comfort zone, maybe out of our security, 
God, you want to help us. And God, we want to experience the adventure that you've called us to be on. So God, will you just show us the things that we need to do to take that step to go? And God, will you fill us with courage and not fear? We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.